Not gonna lie, we both get overwhelmed sometimes. When the to-do list gets too long, all we want to do is delegate. Some days, I would like to delegate everything from getting an oil change to typing meeting notes. It's really a blend of work and life that I need help with. So why don't you get it? The Speakeasy Podcast. Honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. I don't have time to go get an assistant, which is why I need an assistant, which is why we're here today. Mm, So I think what we should do is just say cheers to that and have a little bit of this Antoinette. This one's made out of Rika vodka and Prosecco, which probably are two of my favorite things. We've got some beautiful blackberries in here, and we froze them so that they add a little bit of chill to the drink itself. So you should definitely check this one out. We've got the recipe for you at thespeakeasypodcast.com. I do love the frozen fresh blackberries. You put them in the freezer, allow them to go overnight, and then they're like little ice cubes. They're so yummy, and then they taste delicious too. They're just right. So here's the deal with needing an assistant. I feel like when I'm overwhelmed and I feel like I'm losing my mind, I feel like I could just use an extra brain. So that's kind of, it's not just about my to-do list. Sometimes it's just about like, I don't even know how to think through some of this stuff. And it's not because I don't know how, but I think I'm cluttered with too much of the repetitive tasks to do the real work that my brain needs to do. What are you going to do about it? Well, my question is, how do you know when, so you know you're overwhelmed right now and you know you have too much, but how do you know when you really need an assistant? You know, I think we've had this conversation before when we've talked about hiring. So sometimes it's challenging to identify really where you need to hire because sometimes you need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. There's not one growth area, right? You're just overwhelmed kind of in a lot of areas. You, I think you related it to Mary Poppins at one point. Um, So for me, how do I know when I need an assistant is I find myself avoiding tasks or um, I can't move forward on something that feels very, very important to me because too many things are in the way. Or sometimes I feel a little hopeless <laughs> about about something that I otherwise would enjoy. How about you? Are you feeling that way also? Oh, yes, absolutely. I feel when something that I'm usually really excited to do begins to feel like an interruption or a nuisance, I know I'm in trouble. I could enjoy almost any task on my list, be it large or small, but when there's so many of them, they just feel like something you have to shove through and cross off and And you can't experience the experience because you're trying to move past the experience so that you can run to the next thing. And that's no way to live, really. That, when I start to feel that overwhelming sense of urgency instead of enjoyment in the process, I know I'm kind of in trouble. Well, and we've also had this conversation where the thought, when you're in a moment of overwhelm or when you're in a season of overwhelm, the thought of recruiting and training, you don't have time for that either. So sometimes it's just better to do it yourself. And that's exactly when you need to start really doing some thinking about whether you're spending your time on the right priorities, right? Right. Well, and for me, I struggle with the idea of should I get an assistant? Because from a business point of view, my first instinct is to hire for one of the products that we make or one of the skills that we sell. So my first instinct would be to hire a writer or a designer or a this or a that that produces a client thing, whereas an assistant feels like a self-focus, and I have a harder time articulating how that helps the business in the end, which I think we'll get to a little bit later, but also I need an assistant with daily life, like the birthday cake and the HVAC inspection and all of those crazy things that I just don't have the time for. Do I hear you saying that 
you, it feels selfish? Oh, sure. Okay. I mean, you have to be to a certain level of flexibility to be able to hire a personal assistant, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just thinking when you were saying that, like, yeah, so birthday cake and HVAC filter also, hey, just go through this stack of stuff and tell me what's relevant and what's not, and then make a pile of, like, I don't know, that would help me. Or, hey, about how about all these files? I don't use these two drawers anymore because I can't even get through them to purge. Oh, that's our health proxy, our healthcare proxy from 2012. Probably is good to recycle. See, it's funny you say that because every time I get overwhelmed, I start to make a list of the things my assistant would do. And you said that. I was like, oh, I have that drawer. Yeah. Yeah. An assistant could do that for me. You know what else I have? I have um, photos from my camera, my real camera, my cell phone, my husband's cell phone, and photos that people have sent me that they have taken of my life or my kids or whatever. And they're in Google Drive. They're in Dropbox. They're on my computer my work computer. They're on my home computer, which is about to die, by the way, which also needs a backup. So I just, I need somebody to curate <laughs> some things for me. Because you know what? I don't, I never did a scrapbook, but gosh, it would, I was just thinking this morning in the shower, it'd be really great to have every school year a book that like Shutterfly or whatever could, I could do a Shutterfly book that says, hey, this was your year. These were the highlights. Because who knows if Instagram is going to exist when my kid graduates, right? I mean, probably not. Probably not. And they probably already own your content anyway. So who knows what they'll do with it? <laughs> Good thing we don't care about running for office. So um, anyway, so yeah. So I think we left off it feel, feeling indulgent or selfish. But here's the deal. Are you able to do the big, cool, amazing thinking things that I know you're so gifted at when you are worried about whether the drawers are full or empty or things are organized? Oh, absolutely not. And and that's where even the photo album yearly book, for example, not a hard task, a very good idea. It would be very meaningful to your children. The amount of work you have to do before you can even do that simple task is hard to get past. So almost every great end result takes all this planning time and organization and sometimes a little bit of a slog that I might not have the attention span for before I can get to the good idea thing. Great great example right now, we're working on our mailing list at the office, which is always a nightmare because you have to be constantly pruning and nurturing and critically assessing everyone that's on that list. Man, I'd like to not have to deal with that. I would like my high-level staff to not have to deal with that. I need somebody to deal with that. But then when you're hiring said assistant, you need to make sure you've got somebody who's got the skill to understand the nuances and get it right to understand what the difference between first-grade photos and second-grade photos are. It, you know what I mean? So finding somebody who just gets you feels like a hurdle. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about hiring somebody. So I, what I hear you saying, and you've said this to me before, is that the weight of training and the process of hiring is, is weighty. It's hard. So it's not just – so once you get over the selfish piece of I deserve it, <laughs> you're still like, oh, that's really a big hurdle. So I don't think it matters who you're hiring or what you're hiring for, whether it's for a revenue-generating job or whether you're hiring for somebody to get the birthday cakes <laughs> and helping you prune your, your distribution list. It's going to take some time. But <laughs> when it's right, it's right. That's an investment worth having, I think. And so I think investing in yourself and really thinking about setting aside the time to really do the thinking that it requires forces you to evaluate what your habits are. What are your habits that are so repetitive 
that you could actually could empower someone and employ someone, by the way. It's, that's not selfish. <laughs> employ someone to help. Somebody who really enjoys service. We do all have those habits, right? We all have the things that we do by rote or things we don't do by rote that we're bad at habitually. Mm -hmm. So those are easy to articulate. We also have those things that anyone could do if they have a logical brain. And it doesn't have to be your logical brain. It could be somebody else's. So that's a really good way to look at it to figure out what what that job description would entail and what that day-to-day -day list would be. But you also bring up a great point that it, it isn't selfish to hire somebody when you're employing someone. So while it feels selfish because it's directly helping me, really, truly, that means I'm employing someone new. And by helping me, that frees me up to mentor my staff or grow new business or do the things I'm supposed to be doing with my time that my job description requires. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if I had extra time, I would be able to evaluate how it is. What steps will I take to accomplish my goals? How will I scale my business? How will I manage the invitations that I otherwise forget about? And so I there, therefore don't attend the networking events that maybe I ought to be present for. Or how do I evaluate the networking events that I could have other folks in my organization who are equally interesting and talented? How do they attend those events? So I think it's a great thinking exercise to take stock of what we do what are our habits? We're such habitual animals. We really Even are. our dogs know what our patterns are, right? So it's like, how do we take stock of the things that we do and don't do because of avoidance um, where we could use the help? I don't have time to take stock. No, if you, only I, I had an assistant to take stock for me. You're going to need to gift yourself that. Next time, next time there's a pedicure, we will take stock. That's what we'll do. We'll sit and have a pedicure and take stock. I'm a little curious, too, about what, what would it look like if you did hire an assistant. We have some friends who have virtual assistants, which is a really interesting and new model. We have one friend who has a home helper who does some driving of her children and some cooking of food and a little bit of cleaning. I don't think she's considered a nanny, but just a support person, which that physical manifestation is interesting to me. So what would a personal assistant look like for you? For me, that's a great question. You know, at first, the idea of a virtual assistant in, in certain respects kind of I bristle at because I, I think I really just enjoy people and I really you know, I enjoy the process of working with people and teamwork and collaboration. But I already am using virtual assistants in an informal way, right? I have, I have a device in my home where I can ask the device to add something to my grocery list and that shows up in an app on my phone. It can remind me of things. It can set timers, all the things that we know for all the virtual home assistants. I don't grocery shop anymore. There's an app that does that. There's, you know, you know, the sharing economy helps me with that. So there, I am using virtual assistants already, just not a human being that is getting to know me to know my habits. Although I did learn recently that my two favorite shoppers that do my grocery shopping for me weekly are actually married to each other. Oh, that's cute. They have the same last initial, and, and she showed up in his car, and I was like, wait a minute, are you married to Greg that wears the... <laughs> the brown fleece she's like that's my husband i'm like you guys knew that didn't you and she's like yeah we knew that <laughs> we like shopping for you that's so anyway so i mean there's some things that i'm already using in a virtual way but there's not a one person accountable who can get to know me and scale what's possible right right i have really stepped in i mean on top of virtual help where you can 
find it. Having a teenager with a car has been a really eye-opening experience to me because you can run and get the milk. You can pick up your person. You can run to my office and do X, Y, and Z. I can have you deliver a thing. And of course, he's beholden to me because I have the purse strings and the house key. So that's very convenient. But seeing how that kind of thing worked has been great for me. And if I were honest with myself, that level of assistance has been notable over the past year or so. Yeah, I also am shifting, uh, starting this fall, I'm shifting from a um, school-provided aftercare model to a home-based aftercare model and with a college student who I've recently met, and I'm very excited about what that might provide. I did not hire her with the um, explicit understanding that she'd be a home helper, but she had, she does understand that if I text her and say, pull the meat out of the freezer, that that's a thing, right? So there's other things that she can do other than just meet my kid at the bus stop, right? Is there a disadvantage, though, to having it so fragmented. We've got the after-school person and the virtual this and the app that does that instead of one whole assistant that really holistically helps you. Yeah, actually, it's interesting you say that because I was reading an article on virtual assistants and one of the leader, one of the market leaders in providing virtual assistants, again, one of the leading companies that is part of the sharing economy, she started as a college student providing home help And then she got some investment from Technology Angel Fund and created one of the leading technology platforms for virtual assistants. And she's 29. (laughs) She's a CEO and she's raking it. Good for you, Miss 29-year-old. That's right. So I do think that's scalable. I think if you've got a single point person who's arranging all the things, they understand your preferences or you can ask people to like, hey, could you help me with X? If it's the right person, they also intuitively understand like, oh, I was able to find a coupon and get you free shipping or I was able to find (laughs) the things that you would do for yourself. Sure. And they know enough to say, oh, if you need X, logically you will need Y, then you will need Z. And perhaps to solve X in the future, we can back up to P, Q, and R. So someone who really thinks that through in some ways – being a personal assistant or getting one, you need some strategic thinking in that role, which I love to think about because we all think strategery and strategic thinking and high-level thinking is the, you know, purview of the C-suite. And that's not true. I think it all starts with service. Somebody who enjoys, you know, the process of taking care and making things that everything's tied up with a bow. And um, I would I would enjoy that. And I, th- I do believe I've felt, I actually just caught myself thinking, you know, I'd like that tied up with a bow like that luxury. I am a practical person and I do see that there's a lot of practical applications to having somebody manage the things I'm not managing well. Let me ask you this before we wrap up. What would your advice be for someone who's in our position of feeling very overwhelmed and fragmented with to-dos over here and undone things over there and a list of, gosh, I want to, how could somebody decide to move from that fragmented feeling to finding help? So this comes from a place of admitting some hypocrisy, right? So because I'm, I'm in, on the cusp of having these decisions being made kind of in real time in my own life. But I remember having a conversation with my dad, who's, you know, almost 80 at this point. And, but I remember having a conversation with my dad when he was working on some fitness goals. And, I, and he was having and hawing over investing in a club membership, a gym membership. And I said, you know what, you're either going to invest in it now or later. You're either going to take care of your health now or you're going to pay for it later in whatever costs happen, you know, through medical intervention. And and he got it and he jumped right in. And I feel like it's almost the same thing. It's an investment in yourself. You're either going to pay for somebody up front to take care of your stuff or you're going to pay for it in missed opportunity or missed 
life balance or missed, you know, vacation time off errands? <laughs> sure, that makes a lot of sense. Um, as we're recording this, we are in the height of open house season. And as I have high yeah. school students, I'm looking at all the open houses and going, oh my gosh, I have to find 13 years of school photos and awards and ribbons, et cetera, et cetera. I have 53 weeks until this is my life. I better get to it. And it's the same. If you're organized from the get-go, you don't have that procrastinator's stress of staying up super late and trying to freak out before your deadline. Yeah, absolutely. It's just what we would tell our kids. Well, if you study all term long, you won't have to cram before the test. And in some ways, a personal assistant or someone to help you when you are clearly overwhelmed and you clearly have too much on your plate allows you to be methodical and pace yourself and get that balance back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of it, too, is just raising your hand and saying, I need help. Just being honest. I'm raising my hand right now. You need help? She's raising her hand. I see it, people, I promise. I actually thought about a whole podcast topic the other day. I asked someone for help. In a way, I was very muddled and unclear about something that's happened in our business that I needed advice upon. I reached out to a friend of mine on a Saturday morning and said, I really need an ear. Do you have a minute? And I thought to myself, that's not something I normally do. I'm more independent than that. And I felt it was a considerable growth of reaching out and asking for help, which is the same as what would happen if you had an assistant. And I kind of attribute it to the conversations we're having here because they're like therapy and we realize sometimes we need help. We absolutely need help. And and to not be afraid to say, help. <laughs> it's not a weakness. It's it's actually a really great thing to reach out. And it actually kind of dovetails into something else that we're going to be talking about in the next episode, right? That is but true. before we talk about that, um, I'm noticing that you are low on the berries. I am low on the berries, but this one's going to be an easy drink. And I guarantee you I'm making a picture of this for my weekend with friends. We have an event happening on Saturday night. So this is such a refreshing drink. It packs a little bit of a punch when it's got Prosecco and vodka in it, so keep that in mind. But it is beautiful, and those frozen berries are delightful. Yeah, it's a perfect time to take advantage of some really fresh fruit. Where do you want people to reach out? Because I know that this is going to—I know our next few episodes are going to bring up a lot for people. I feel like we're picking some scabs. (laughs) I think that people are going to want to have conversations. Yeah, we have some heavy topics coming up. So you can check us out on all the social channels at Easy Underground or, as we mentioned before, the speakeasypodcast.com or DM us. Come find either of us and get in our inboxes. We have lots of conversations with listeners who— just chat us one-on-one and ask us what we think they could do, or they give us some great examples as well that eventually become podcasts. So we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Being able to ask for help and raising your hand just means you're being honest. And I feel like transparency brings a lot to relationships. And we've both grown a ton over the last year in, in this podcast. So what does transparency bring to relationships? Well, we've worked with organizations where the world is wide open, as well as those who are all veils in secrecy. Next time, we're sharing thoughts on the benefits transparency can bring to the table. 